just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. All right, good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schneck. Very important conversation today. Very tough to earn a good, decent living and a lot of challenges out there. And I think today's guest is going to help us see a better way forward. And and, uh, Lord knows I could benefit from this too. I suspect everyone listening will get some value out of this conversation. So I'm looking forward to it. Say hello to my guest. His name is Michael L.F. Slavin. He is the author of a new book called One Million in the Bank, How to Make One Million with Your Own Business, Even If You Have No Money or Experience. It's going to be a very impactful conversation. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, and I appreciate being on the show. Well, I appreciate you making time to join me. I know you are a busy fellow by making your next million, so I appreciate you carving out a few <laughs> minutes to uh, to join us. Mike, before we get into our conversation about this new book of yours, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about you and your background. I graduated West Point in 1975, 10 years in the Army. I loved it. I was an aviation officer and an infantry officer. And I planned, my life plan was to stay uh, 30 years, become a general, and then become a senator. So I got thrown off my plan about 10 years in. (laughs) I got recruited out. I wasn't looking for it. And uh, long, tough decision for me because I absolutely love serving in the military. But I felt I'd been presented a great opportunity. So I went to work for this commercial real estate company. And they didn't exactly represent things right, and it didn't work out. And a year later, I was uh, on the street. And that started seven really tough in-between years is what I call it. During that time, I had many jobs. I thought I could do anything, but I just couldn't get people to understand that. And I went bankrupt, house foreclosed on, cars repossessed, started my own business. Three and a half years later, I had my first million dollars in the bank, and that was about 20 years ago. And that's I wanted to give back. That was sort of the basis of uh, where I got started and wanted to write this book. Outstanding. Well, you know, we all have those in-between years, and we'll dive into that in a minute. Uh, Let me ask this question. I think you partially answered it uh, effectively just a second ago, but this is a common question I ask authors, particularly when they write about subjects that, quite honestly, if you were to go to Amazon and search, there would be an awful lot of books on this subject. I mean, did the world really need another book about how to make money and how to and how to earn cash? I mean, your story is such that I think it's, I understand that you wanted to get back and that you had an experience that you wanted to share and say, it's not rocket science. It requires some discipline, requires some effort, requires, and it's not overnight either. I mean, this, this is not something you're not, you're not proposing an idea here that within six and a half weeks of reading the book, you're going to have a million in the bank. That's not at all what your message is. But why did you really have to write this? I mean, what was the impetus? What was the the spark that said, I have got to put this out in the world? About three years ago, I really wanted to give back. I wanted to write a practical book, a no-fluff book. And really, the thing that sort of sparked this, I always wanted to give back. But there's so much unemployment. I was reading all the employment numbers every day, and I was thinking, gosh, you know, it just those people, there's so much talent sitting there that 
just doesn't know how to make it happen. During those seven in-between years, I wanted to succeed so badly, it hurt. I tried so hard. I did everything I possibly could, but I didn't quite know how to do it. I now know how to do it. And I felt that I could write a practical book with no fluff, actionable, that people could pick up and use to improve their lives. And this book really is not about making a million dollars. Yes, it is, but it's not. It's really about taking control of your life, being able to care for your family, having options in life that you don't have if you're poor, quite frankly. So that's what this book is about, and I felt that I could give back. And the first book I tried writing, quite frankly, I was 30,000 words into it and six months into it, and my son read it, and he said, this is garbage. He says, if you're trying to help people, you're not doing it here. All you have is, you know, how to set better goals and how to get things done. But he says, there's nothing new here. And my son really sparked the idea. He said, you got to have a lot of stories. And that's why I ran into my first story, Frank Nunez. He'd been a yard man his whole life, his whole life. He was uh, 35, never made more than minimum wage. He went to a uh, nursery to pick up flowers for his boss, a very little nursery. And the guy there said, hey, how would you like to own this? And he said, yeah, right. He said, I'm dead serious. I got to move out of town. It doesn't cost much, 20000 and it's yours. He took a long pause. And he said, are you really serious? The guy said, yeah, you come back with 20000 it's yours. He didn't even take the plants back. He took off home, talked to every family member he knew. The smallest person he knew, a friend, gave him $20, came back the next day with $15,000 in a paper bag, told the guy all he could find is 15000 and he bought the business. He's a business owner now. He has a different mindset. And he found out he bought a pig and a poke. The thing was going to run out of money in about six weeks or so. But he had a different mindset. And I'll skip to the end. Uh, seven years later, he was offered $9 million for that business. Wow. Yeah. Well, those are great stories. And, and certainly reading a book full of inspirational tales such as that about real people uh, certainly is inspirational. Let me ask you this obvious question. This is the elephant in the room here. I mean, when someone sees this title of this book, they say, oh, come on, whatever. I can't read a book and all of a sudden I'm going to have one million in the bank. And they don't believe it. I suspect that's a challenge you're overcoming as you promote this book and the ideas behind it. Is it in this day and age, the economy? I mean, I just, just this morning, as we record this, uh, economic growth for the next quarter is down to 1.5%. It was almost 4% last quarter. The economy's not in good shape. And half of this country are making less than $35,000 a year. How do you convince someone who's looking at this thing and saying it just isn't realistic? You know, I think I mistitled my book, and I had advice early on saying, boy, this just, just sounds like how to get rich, It's and that's not what it is. But I, by going through these stories, I really have condensed this down, and the big message is that everybody should listen and pay attention. You don't need a big idea. You don't need a Facebook idea. You don't have to be Steve Jobs. All kinds of everyday, ordinary businesses can make you a millionaire. And I didn't realize that in those seven in-between years. I was reading everything I could on creativity, and I was trying to think of the, the next great thing. And I was trying to, you know, how do you reverse back into corporations? I was looking at, at the big level stuff, and I wasn't in a position to do that. I didn't know all these everyday businesses could make millionaires. That's what one thing my stories have brought out for me. The other thing is you don't need any money at all including me. When I started my business, I was in tough shape, but I had learned a lot of things in the one year before that. I put a business plan together over the weekend. 
I raised through $213,000 in the next week because I knew how from four people I didn't know, not from my mom or my dad or friends and family. And I was off to the races. And three and a half years later, I had that million dollars. But the other third thing that I didn't know at the time, and I wish I had, there's tons of free help out there. It's just a cry and shame. More people don't know about this. There is SCORE, SBDC, Women's Business Center, Veterans Office of Business Development, and many other organizations, especially to help veterans and women. But those four organizations I told you about, they're free. SBA helps sponsor them. You can go in there. They help you walk you through. They teach you how to do QuickBooks. If you don't know how to do accounting, they'll give you advice on your business plan. So that's it. In a nutshell, anybody can do this. If you're unemployed, if you're a housewife, whoever it is, you may have a little more run-up. The guy sitting there making $150,000 a year, he may be able to walk out and put this deal together in a few months. But if you don't have those skills yet, it may take you a while to get the foundation where you're ready to raise your money and put your business plan together and go out and get something done. But you don't need a big idea. You don't need your own money. And there's tons of free help. That is the three things you need to know. Okay, good stuff. On that note, we'll go to break. So Mike and I will return after this short commercial. We'll be right back. Simple Mind helps companies and leaders convey complex ideas with force and clarity. The harder your offerings are to explain, understand, or sell, the more value we bring. We are communication experts, designers, facilitators, writers, and digital specialists. We'll help you deliver your story and ideas with force consistently in your sales presentations, through your website, through social channels, and in your electronic and print materials. Over 100 of the world's top companies have relied on Simple Mind to energize customers, new markets, and teams through improved communications. Learn more at simplemindinc.com. That's simplemindinc.com. All right, and I'm back with Michael L. F. Slavin, the author of a new book, One Million in the Bank. All right, so. Let's talk about money for a second. Obviously, as you say, to start on a journey, to start down a path towards putting one million in the bank or getting to your point where you can meet your obligations and, and live a lifestyle that you want, you can start with zero. And that's exciting. And I hope people listening are hearing that message because I think that's critical. But I think when it comes to money, I think most people out there don't do it right. They don't know how to find it. They don't know how to spend it. And they certainly, based on all the statistics I see, sure as heck don't know how to save it. So walk us through a couple of quick pieces of advice on, on how to better manage our money. You know, honestly, my book is not about money management. I do discuss it in the book. As a matter of fact, I have a uh, guest chapter from uh, Jacob Lund Fisker. He's written a book on being extremely frugal. He won't quite tell me he's a millionaire, but I know he has a lot of money, and he's done it by living a very, very austere lifestyle, to the extreme, quite frankly. So that's in there is sort of a at the other end of the spectrum to think about, because there are so many ways we could cut costs. I mean, if you're making a lot of money, you can spend it all, or you can save a bunch of it, and you're getting on the track to getting a million dollars. But I don't really get a lot into that, because my focus really, the focus of my book is how to make money and put yourself in a position. You don't want to create a middle management job. You want to start a business and you want to make enough money that you can save to put a million dollars in the bank. And the economy of scale usually shows that small businesses, you're going to have to scale it, not like a big corporation. 
But if you're a retail operation or a service or something, you're probably going to need three locations. That seems to be kind of a magic number. If you get three locations, you can get yourself to a position where you're saving 300000 400000 a year. But if you just have that one location, I've talked to so many people. I talked to a guy that I just wanted to cringe. He started a, a restaurant. He had it for seven years. He was making 150 to 200000 a year. And I said, wow, that's good. Did you save much? Well, you know, I had to take care of the family, the friends, the kids. I said, why didn't you start a second or a third location? You know, the wife was just scared and we just didn't do it. That was the difference between him never really getting ahead in life and becoming a millionaire, starting another restaurant. Because he, he thought about it, he planned on it, he laid it out, they could have done it, but they didn't pull the trigger on it. So you can't just start a business, you have to plan ahead, and I'm getting away from your question, which is managing money, but my answer is I don't really discuss that a lot. My focus is really on putting yourself in a position you can make the kind of money that you can save enough to get your million dollars in the bank, somewhere between three and a half to seven years. Of course, it could take longer. And I had one gentleman that started a security company that made his first million in a year, which is just unbelievable to me. But it all fell in place. He knew what he was doing. But he never owned a business before. So, I mean, he was a first-timer, too. But three to seven years, all the stories I've collected, that seems to be where people fall into if you get this thing sort of running well. And it can be done. All walks of life. I mean, men, women, you know, all ages. It really amazed me, too, how generous these people were in telling me their stories. They were complete strangers to me. I'm constantly searching for people, getting referrals, and they just they tell me how much they appreciate me telling other people their story to help the American dream. And you'll see in my book, these are not little fluffy generic stories. Uh, oh, they started a business and made a bunch of money. It is a nut roll of what they did year by year, their gross, their net, what they did to do it, some of the things specific to them, like a lady who started a franchise, a soccer franchise. And what she did that was very unique is she put all of her advertising, or most of it, on Spanish radio and television channels because she got the most bang for a buck and it brought in the most business. What a great idea. If you're working in anything that sort of has a slant that could go to a, another segment of society, put your monies over there. But there are all kinds of things like there. Every story I have, there are lessons in there, even if it's not the kind of business somebody wants to start. Got it. All right. Well, so I'll stop harping on the money management because I'm hearing your message here. I mean, obviously, spend less than you take in and make a real disciplined effort to save it, obviously, is a critical element to this. But this is more about building the business and making money. I, I'm hearing you. And it's intriguing. I have to think about this idea of the magic number of locations seems to be three. And that's when this thing really can. And now, this is assuming, of course, that you build the first business that has a good business model, is viable, has a growth potential. I think a lot of people out there would love to start a business, but don't know how to do that, don't know how to begin that process. You cited some resources that people can go to where they can probably get a lot of help and a lot of information to help them make that decision. But share a little more advice about how to actually start this business and how to find the right one for you. I mean, I imagine the other challenge is people say, well, I could open up a couple of dry cleaning establishments, but I don't think those are going to make a lot of money. And it sounds like that may be a wrong assumption. Yeah, it is a wrong assumption. I have a story of a gentleman in Philadelphia that opened a dry cleaning business, and he is a millionaire. And uh, he did it by having a few locations and optimizing the employees, I mean, getting the cost down and putting yourself, in, he was able to scale it up, I guess. I think it took him about five or six locations to make enough money that's able to start saving that kind of money. But 
you were saying, what kind of business do I start? You're thinking that people are wondering, what do I do? How do I really get started? They must take advantage of these free organizations, and people don't do it. Even people that I tell, I ask them a month later, did you do anything? No, nah, I got busy, or, you know, I, I don't think I really have the money to do it. They just, they're excuses. You got to engage yourself with these organizations. If you really can't find the type of business you think you want to pursue, my advice is always start a business plan. Get your head in the game. You can sit around staring at the walls forever thinking I should do this or what should I do, but start doing things. Develop a business plan. Buy some books on how to do it. There's some software on how to write a business plan. Pick a business, almost any business that you think you might even have an inkling of, anything, and start doing the business plan, doing the research, put it together. As you start doing that, you're going to start getting your mind working, and you're, every time you look at the business, you're going to wonder, I wonder how many employees they have. I wonder what the turnover is. I wonder how much they pay to bring food in to do this or that with the restaurant. You start thinking the way you need to be thinking. And as you're doing that business plan, you may pivot off that plan into something completely different. But at least you've started. You're working. You're in the game. And it's just so important to use these free resources. I just can't beat that up enough for everybody. Yeah, well, we'll be sure to, to push that hard in the show notes. Michael, I think even the idea of creating a business plan is intimidating to a lot of people. And, and yeah, as you said, there are plenty of resources out there to do it that most people aren't taking advantage of. But hopefully they're going to get that message through this conversation. But if I could ask, what are the key essentials that you need in a business plan? And I guess the question is also asked, I mean, how do you determine the right model? And maybe that's the same question. But to someone listening who says, you know what, all right, maybe Mike's right. Maybe I need to just get into the game here. But what are the key essentials to an appropriate business plan? You know, I'm going to skirt that just a little bit. <laughs> and I'm going to skirt it by saying, if you follow the tried and true business path that I'm suggesting, you know, uh, a gas station, a tour company, a small franchise, which I don't really recommend franchises, but I want to be objective in this franchise. The lady did it, and she did very well. A machinist, a roofing guy, a nursery guy, a guy that started a gym, security company, all these businesses, they're not new. There's not a lot of mystery about is there a market for it, and what are you going to charge for it? Guys have done these before. The SCORE, SBDC guys, you will find somebody, and usually more than one guy, who's gone down this path exactly. If you're trying to create something new, if you have a new product or service, you don't know what the market's going to be like. You don't know if you're ahead of your time. You don't quite know the pricing model. You don't know a lot of things. But if you're starting a dry cleaner, for example, I assure you there are so many dry cleaners out there that people know what they're going to make. They can probably tell you how many you need to hit certain price points. And I guarantee you there's somebody at SCORE and SBDC who's retired who owns some dry cleaning chains, and they're going to be able to really help you with your business plan, giving you specifics because they've been experienced and gone down that road. So that really all ties back into the tried and true business as opposed to trying to think of something new to go out there and do. Components of a business plan can be looked up anywhere, I'm sure as you know. You know, you need to, depending on what the plan is, is it a service company? Is it something that you have a product and you have to be able to move your product and you have to set certain price points at your, uh, what the profits you want to make? I mean, those things are easy to check off. But the harder thing 
is to know exactly what to do, and that's where I really push people back to SCORE and the SBDC. I also want to say one other thing about SCORE, SBC, Women's Business Center, and the Veterans Office. Sometimes you're not going to find somebody you get along with. Sometimes you're going to go in there and it's not going to click. That should not kill your dream. I discuss this a lot in the book, that you got to be resilient and keep looking until you find the guy or gal that really wants to help you, because there is somebody there that will help you. But if you just walk in expecting them to just bend over backwards and, and you happen to hit the wrong guy or gal, you know, you might shut yourself down. So prepare yourself. The first piece, person you meet may not be the one that you click with. You may have to uh, kiss a few more frogs before you find your prince. How important is having a little marketing savvy to being successful with this? I imagine it's more important than you might initially think. You know, I have a section in my book where I talk quite a bit about skills that are necessary. And you can argue what the most important skill is, I guess. Is it uh, sales or is it marketing or is it management? But I think pretty clearly you got to be a salesman first or, or at least put somebody on your team that can sell. In the beginning, you got to be able to sell yourself to somebody that they're going to participate with you. You have to sell yourself that uh, you have a business plan that you're trying to get money from somebody. But some people really, they just don't like doing it. I remember a young lady came to my office once trying to, oh, she was interviewing for a job. And I told her that, you know, it's a sales job. You'd think I had uh, said something very nasty about her family. She unglued, just come unglued on me, telling me how she hated sales in her last job. She was supposed to be an admin assistant, but she's a salesperson. So some people don't have the sales gene. That's okay. You need to build a little team, though. You got to have somebody on your team that can sell. And selling and marketing are different, obviously. And there are books about selling, there are books about marketing, and they are different, but they dovetail so much. Uh, getting started in a business, you almost have to put them in the same breath because if you really have a good marketing plan, it's going to do a lot of the selling for you. But yes, you are absolutely right. I encourage everybody, I don't care what you do, read some sales books. I tell everybody, read a sales book, you know, break out of your mold, do something unusual because everybody in the world, as you know, is selling something to somebody, you know, the baby's selling. If they want to eat, they cry a little. If they're screaming and kicking, it's a hard sell. They want it now. So yes, you are absolutely right. Sales and marketing are critical skills that you need to try to develop. And if you're not good at it, at least know how to do it, but bring somebody on the team that can do it. Got it. All right, Mike, uh, we're about out of time. Before I let you go, how can people contact you should they have questions? And where can they get their hands on a copy of One Million in the Bank? You know, my website is One Million in the Bank, all written out, One Million in the Bank.com. That's the best place to go. And, you know, again, I forgot to mention I have a free veterans guide and a women's guide. Both of those are so I can help as many veterans and women as possible. You can buy them also in case people like books and Kindles. But they are free PDFs on the website. And the book is on Amazon.com. And I think it'll help. I encourage everybody to read that. It's going to be broadening. And it can get ideas cooking in your head. Outstanding. Michael L.F. Slavin, the author of One Million in the Bank, How to Make One Million with Your Own Business, Even If You Have No Money or Experience. Mike, I appreciate your time. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. And you as well. All right. Well, that wraps this conversation again on behalf of my guest, Michael L.F. Slavin. I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you next time on Intrepid Business.